Thank you, worship team, so much. You know what they say, uh, the best tour guides get you to the object you're trying to behold, and then they make themselves scarce. And the wise man said a worship team is much like a tour guide. And um, it's an honor to be in a room whenever people lead you into the presence, and then the focus is not on them, but it's on him. It's always an honor to be in the room when that takes place. Um, my title today, if you want to call it that, the direction we're going, the thing we're going to be talking about is honor. Honor. So, obviously, we're just going to be talking about giving a lot. That was a joke. All right, moving on. So, we're going to be talking about honor. And um, just to be honest, I don't really have any... Um, amazing new theology or heavy revies to share with you this morning. Um, I just felt like this was the direction for about the last week and a half or so. I've just been feeling this word on my heart and asking the Father how I can um, be a more honorable man. So before we go too much farther, I just want you to take a second. I know we've done a lot of praying and like, God, you're good stuff, which is amazing, but I want you to tell God, whatever you want to speak to me, I'm open to. Whatever you want to speak to me, I'm open to, because I can say a lot of stuff, but whatever God says through me is what will actually make a difference, right? <laughs> so um, talking about honor, I want to read 1 Timothy 5.17 to you guys real quick. It says, let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. No, this is not a plug for me. <laughs> All right. Um, I spend a lot of my time looking into different, um, you know, church beliefs and theology and debates. I find it really interesting because I want to know what I believe and why I believe it. But I notice when you get into that world of people figuring out what they believe and why they believe it, once they figure it out, they then look down on the people that don't believe what they believe. And there's just been something weighing on my heart lately, how we can look at um, men or women, we can look at leaders, and we can call them names, or we can think less of them, because their interpretation of Scripture is different than ours. And I wonder what would happen if we started looking at people's hearts and not just what they actually say. And we can go, okay, maybe I believe your interpretation is off here. But you're still a teacher and you're still a preacher and I know that the Bible tells me to honor you double. And maybe that doesn't speak as much to you as it does to me. Like I said, I'm kind of in that scene and I listen to people disagreeing all the time. And I started to think back over um, churches that I've been at, pastors that I've listened to, and I thought about when when I leave the room, when I'm with my wife, when I'm just me and God, or when I'm with a group of people, are my words double honor when I then talk about that individual? Every time I leave, are my words double honor? And I'm just going to be honest and transparent with you guys. I was thinking back over some memories of my life, and I thought, man, God, I did not double honor that person. I didn't even single honor him, you know? And I felt conviction this week, and I thought, you know what? I want to do it better in the future. I want to honor people not because they 
necessarily are honorable, but I want to honor people because I am honorable. Because honoring someone isn't dependent on what they do, it's actually dependent on what I bring into the situation. So the Bible has, literally, it's crazy, it teaches all how, who to honor. It talks a lot about authority and teachers and honor your father and mother for then you'll live a long life, the first commandment with the promise, right? Um, so I'm not going to really talk a lot about um, authorities and teachers and parents because we all seem to have that one down pretty good, okay? From what I see, everyone knows that in the church, whether we actually practice it or not, it seems like we know it up here, okay? So um, I'm going to read my next verses, Proverbs 3, 9. It says, honor the Lord with your wealth and your first fruits of your produce. The second part is talking about tithing, obviously, but starts off by saying, honor the Lord with your wealth. I started thinking, well, how many ways can I actually honor God? Am I honoring God with even the finances that I receive? And I really started to rethink this um, word honor. What does honor look like in my life? And I would ask you, what does honor look like in your life? And um, last week, you know, John spoke, which was amazing, and it was very gracious of him to do that because Allie and I were away on our anniversary trip, three years, right? <laughs> Practically 30. It was amazing. Um, I told Allie, I, I truly feel like marriage, and we were just talking about this, has gotten better every year. You know, there's always those voices. I remember when we were about to get married, and they're like, you're in the honeymoon phase. Just wait till you get back. And I'm like, wow, you know, thank you. Thank you for that, that word of encouragement that you spoke into my marriage. Now I really feel like I can run this race because of you. You know, but we, I'm not kidding. We heard that all the time. And now I look back and I go, thank God I'm not where I was in the honeymoon. Man, I love you so much more. I care about you so much more. I love being with you so much more than I did at that moment. Anyway, side note. <laughs> Um, we were on our anniversary trip, and we had this amazing place to go to because we were so extremely loved and blessed. And we went to this um, resort, and we were staying, and they had this cool water park with this big, lazy river. And we got there, and Allie had to go to the bathroom like she does 50 times a day now that she's pregnant. And I told her, I don't have time for this. This is wasting my life away waiting for you to go to the bathroom. But anyway... There she goes, runs off to the bathroom again. So I don't know about you guys, but I love people watching. Anyone like that? And um, add in some maybe spiritual gifts in there, and you can just you can have a fun time by yourself sitting and watching people. So um, she goes to the bathroom, and I'm sitting out, and I'm watching. And all of a sudden, these two boys, they start fighting. But it's not normal. You know, I watch boys fight all the time, put each other in chokeholds. They got red marks. I'm real used to that. But um, they, were, they were full on punching each other. And I could tell the, they're about this different in height. And I could tell the younger one, he looked like a normal boy, you know, punching because there's something wrong with boys. And um, they're hitting each other. And all of a sudden, the mom starts screaming and telling him to stop and cut it out. And I, I could just see something. I don't know if it was just me looking or if it had anything to do with like a spiritual discernment. But I could just see something behind this older boy's eyes that was saying, I'm really hurt. Not because he's punching me, 
but I'm hurt in here. And um, Allie came out and she picked our seats and we happened to be sitting right behind this family. So I got to watch them the whole time. You know, that's, that's what I love to do. And I'm watching these people and I found myself, I started praying for this boy because something was really sticking out about him. And all of a sudden those two brothers got into it again and they started kicking each other and they were mad. And it was like causing a scene. Like I'm talking, everyone was kind of looking over there. It's not like I was just, you know, stalking him too badly. And Allie turned and she goes, what's going on? I said, well, I think that's the middle brother and that's the younger brother. And I feel like he thinks his younger brother is favored to the point that he actually doesn't have any worth in his life. And we kind of changed the conversation. That's stuff we talk about all the time. And about 10, 15 minutes passed by, and all of a sudden, this middle child, again, I don't even know that he's the middle child, but I'm fairly confident. All of a sudden, um, he gets in it with his dad. And his dad's just chilling on a float, you know, enjoying vacation. And literally, it looked like he wasn't even saying anything. But all of a sudden, the kid starts yelling. And, and he says, you say you don't have any favorites, but I know you do. And I was like, oh, yeah, I was on right there. <laughs> and he said, you say you don't have any favorites, but I know you do. And he went to get out of the pool. And, you know, I could tell his family viewed him as a troubled and angry person, you know. But as soon as he turned from his family, again, I'm watching from the outside, in, and he starts to walk out of the pool. And I could see these tears just like swelling up in his eyes and starting to come down. And his dad was like, just don't go too far. And he's like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm not going to go too far. And um, I don't know, I found myself praying for this boy, and Allie and I were in the lazy river, and we were talking about, like, you know, why would someone react like that? And I said, well, you know, here he is with emotion, and he has to get it out. And probably from a young age, he watched mom and dad, when they dealt with emotion, they yelled. So he was taught from a little boy to go, when I'm hurting, when I need to get something out, I have to yell. And she said, well, what would you do if you were the dad and your son did that to you? And I was like, well, obviously, we're pretty far down the road, right? There's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of brokenness. But I said, what I think needs to be done in that moment is you need to go and sit in front of the child. Again, he's maybe 15, 16. He's not a little kid. He knows what he's doing. And I said, I would look at him and say, how can I show you that I love you, that you're valuable, and that you're significant from your brothers, that every one of you are significant to me, and I have an individual love for you? And I said, I would ask him, and whatever he said, I would do it. And, you know, we have to be careful. I'm not saying we just do whatever our kids tell us to do, but this is really important, right? If you want to honor well, you have to listen better than people talk. All right? Did you hear that? If you want to honor well, you have to listen better than people talk. So here was the boy. He was yelling. He was screaming. He was being extremely disrespectful. But you know what he was actually saying was, Dad, I'm actually hurting in here, and I don't feel valued. And that response I can work with. And I feel like it happens all the time, whether um, they're friends or family members. People always, you know, we talk about when people are rude to us, you know. 
when, they, when they're snippy, when they give us back talk, whatever it might be, and we go, so-and-so said this. And I try to always um, come back with this remark. I feel like maybe my friends could even say that I do. I say, well, why did they do that? What are they actually saying? What is actually behind the anger, behind the, the snotty remarks? What are they actually trying to say that's in here? And I believe if we actually started to listen better than people talked, we would actually be able to honor, love, and respect people better. 1 Peter 2.17 says, honor everyone. Honor everyone. So who should you honor? I'm guessing everyone. That's what I got from it. It says, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. Now, I'm going to be super transparent with you. Um, I picked this version, like most of them, they use the word honor, but the brotherhood sounded kind of off. I was like, got to use ESV on this one. It says honor. Um, The brotherhood just means family, the family of believers. So saying honor everyone, love the family of believers, fear God, honor the emperor. You don't honor someone because they're honorable. You honor someone because you are honorable. Honor isn't something that works both ways a lot of the time. It's something that you require of yourself every single time you enter into a relationship. Now, there's times I have a goal in my life. I really want to be an honorable man, but there's times that I don't feel so honorable. Anyone else actually have bad days? Okay, not just me. And um, one of my flaws in life, I'm going to be super transparent with you guys, okay? So hold me tight and um, don't let me go, okay? So, um, so one of my flaws in life is I really like people to like me. All right, this is honest to God truth. I really like people to like me. I'm not one of those people that go, well, I don't care what they think about me. I'm like, no, I actually care. <laughs> what, what can I do? You know, I, I, I'll be your friend. You know, like I actually care what people think of me. I don't just go around and try to leave wreckage behind me. I want to make sure that I take care of the people that I come in contact with. And because I care what people think about me, and yes, I know that that can be to a fault, and I try to work on it just like you guys have stuff that you try to work on. But um, I find that every once in a while I get hurt, <laughs> and I get offended by words that I hear that are spoken to me or about me. And my goal, Allie and I always talk about, our goal is to be unoffendable. We want to get to the point where we're so confident in our relationship with the Lord that people actually can't offend us. I'm not quite there, (laughs) all right? I'm getting closer. I'm making steps. I've got gains, all right? I've made a lot of gains in my life, but I'm still not quite there. But I hear things that people say, and actually, it hurts me. And I notice, not just with me, I see it in a lot of people, human reaction. You guys have heard the saying, hurt people hurt people. Once you get hurt, I watch it all the time because I watch you, all right? Once someone gets hurt, their first reaction when they feel cornered is to attack. As soon as you corner me, I'm going to point out in you, I'm going to point your flaw. As soon as you say something that I'm insecure about, I'm going to say something that you're insecure about. And I believe many of us do this way more than we realize. If we started to pray and ask God for conviction in this area, I think it might hurt every once in a while. 
Because as soon as we get cornered, as soon as we feel offended, we go, oh, well, so-and-so does this. So-and-so said that for this reason. And I found myself in that place a couple times. And as I grew a little bit and started making those gains that I was talking about, um, I found that I started to feel a little bit like yucky inside. And I went, okay, God, what, what can I do here? And I made this decision. I said, okay, when I come in contact with Billy or John or whatever you want to call this, you know, this person, when I come in contact with Bill, instead of doing what my heart wants to do, which is avoid, which is make little comments when their name comes up, I'm going to go right up to them and I'm going to give them as much honor that I possibly can. I'm going to think about every single way that God's ever used them, every single way that God ever could use them, and I'm going to speak it over them. I'm going to throw my arms around them, and I'm going to make sure that they're valued, that they feel cared about, that they know that their voice is important, and I'm going to do it every single time, even though I don't feel like it. I don't say stuff that I don't mean. I'm not lying, but I just don't feel like saying it. And what I've noticed, sadly, I've had to do this quite a few times because I get offended at people every once in a while. Um, what I've noticed is every time I walk away from that situation, it's like all of that, you know, that little bit of anger that gets stuck in your heart, it's like there's no longer a place for it. There's something, I don't know if it's, um, you know, you hear me say all the time, Physical obedience brings spiritual release. I don't know if it's that physical obedience of going, I don't feel like it, but I'm going to honor anyway, not because they're honorable, but because I'm honorable. That there's a shift spiritually that goes, okay, that can't stay anymore. There's no room for that anymore. So I'm going to urge you guys, if you're willing, every time you feel like you're backed in a corner, Every time you feel like, you know, they just say, they're just rude, they just say nasty comments. What happens if your response was not to defend, because we really like to defend ourselves because we feel like no one else is going to, but what happens if we truly believe that he was our defender, and because he was our defender, then we could just honor them instead? Then we could just honor them instead. Um, this is Romans 13, 7. Now I'm going to talk to you guys about taxes. <laughs> I hate them. All right, sorry. I love them. Give to everyone what you owe them. Pay your taxes and government fees to those who could collect them. And give respect and honor to all those who are in authority. Now I'm not going to talk about it too long, but I just want to hit on the fact that whether... Um, you vote blue or red, whether you agree with their policies or not, I wonder, does honor still come from your mouth about the individual? Okay, look at this. I wrote this down last night. This is good. I can't remember it, though, so I had to look at my notes. All right, here we go. Honor does not mean agreement or harmony. I feel like too much of the time... We try to honor people, and we either get walked over or we just stay quiet. All right, you can honor someone, and you can disagree with them, and you cannot have harmony with them. 
with an authority figure, with a president, I can honor the person and go, I disagree with every one of your policies. I think, you know, whether, whichever side, whoever happens to be president one day, if you go, I think you are ruining our country, but I honor you as an individual. I'm not going to speak badly about you. I'm not going to call you ignorant or stupid or name call, but I'm going to give the individual honor while still being able to disagree with their policies. Now, if you're new here, um, just in case you didn't know, Reclaim Church is a little bit different because we lead with a leadership team. Or if you'd like to call it an elder team, that's fine. John Cornell likes to be called Elder John. If you'd refer to him like that, it would mean a lot. Um, so we lead with a team, meaning that everyone that comes to the table has the same power as the person next to them. So if Caleb stood up, and he shares his vision for next week, next month, for the direction of the church, I can look at Caleb, and I can go, Caleb, I want your voice to be heard. I want us to vote on it, and I want whatever the Lord wants to happen, but I disagree with you. I think it's, I think it's a bad idea. I think it's an awful idea. But you know what? I'm still going to honor you, and I'm glad your voice was heard. I'm glad you brought it to us, and I don't want to silence you in any way. See, because what honor actually does is it invites everybody to the table. It goes, okay, I'm going to invite you to the table. You have a voice. I want to hear you. It's important. It's valuable. It's, it's going to be honored when you speak. But if I disagree with you, I'm still going to tell you. If you know me, I don't have much trouble telling you that anyway. <laughs> If I disagree with you, I'm going to tell you, but I'm going to do my best to honor you in the midst of our disagreement. Honor invites everyone to the table to be a powerful person, meaning that they are heard, respected, and valued. All right, this is Matthew 13, 57. Like I said, I know I'm kind of jumping around, picking like single verse snippets, but I just felt like this was the topic that the Lord wanted us to focus on this morning. So that's why we're here. Matthew 13, 57, it says, and they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. So they're talking about Jesus. Jesus goes back to his hometown and he's actually in synagogues and he's preaching. And it says that the people were amazed at what he knew. And all of a sudden, it cuts to the next verse, and it says, And they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them, because how many of you guys know, Jesus is listening better than they're talking. They're saying, I'm offended I'm offended at you, and I'm not going to believe at you. And Jesus turns around, and he goes, that's actually not the root of the problem. The root of the problem is a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his own family. And I've actually seen this a lot. It seems like the people that we are most, most comfortable with are the very people that we dishonor the most. We get so used to them we get so used to where they come, where they started, and we never actually view them in the transition that they're in. And we don't give honor because we're honorable people. Instead, we treat them like we knew them from years past. And that's what goes on in this verse as they eventually say, we know his father and his mother. We know where he came from. 
and they hold back honor because they knew him too well. And I started to think about how many times have family members held back honor because they knew somebody too well? How many times have friends not been honorable because they were so comfortable with each other? I'm all for speaking your mind. Like I said, I want you to speak your mind. I want you to be able to disagree, but that doesn't mean that we leave honor by the wayside. It means in our moment of disagreement, in our moment of when harmony is breaking up, that is the moment when we have to bring honor and love to the forefront and go, hey, I'm speaking this to you because I love you. This is my way of honoring you by speaking the truth. How many times have you felt dishonored by your family? You know those people that just feel too comfortable to speak? It's not always loving stuff. They just feel like they know you too well. That's what Jesus was going through. This is literally the Son of God. God made flesh. He became a man so that we could become sons of God. Here, here is the, literally the pivotal moment in all of human history and people can't accept him and honor him because they know him too well and they know where he came from. I don't know about you, but I want to make sure that I don't miss pivotal moments and pivotal people because I know their past and I know where they came from and I know them too well. I want to honor the people to the left and to the right of me, not because they necessarily deserve the honor, but because I am an honorable man. Allie and I were talking last night, and we were like, well, what instances has, has Jesus showed honor? And we started just going through the scripture, and it was, it was blowing our mind how every time he met someone, whether it was someone with leprosy, whether it was the woman at the well, whatever it might have been, he looked at that person, and it was like, he said, your voice matters. I care about you. And I don't know about you, but I want to have that same reaction when I come into contact with people. I care about you. Your voice matters, and I want to hear it. I might not agree with it, but I'm still going to invite you to the table where you have an open place to speak and be heard and be respected. I'm going to share one last story, and then um, we're going to be done. Um, some of you guys got the honor of getting to hear um, my bestie, Albert Levings, come and speak. And he told this story the last time he was here. Um, we've talked about it a couple times. And he was sharing the story about how him and his wife, he said, man, I really screwed up. Anyone ever, like, screwed up where you're like, Oops, I, I shouldn't, have, shouldn't have said that. I remember one time early on in our marriage, again, being vulnerable with you. I made the mistake of when Allie was telling the story to go, and, <laughs> and, and that was one of those moments where after it happened, I went, I screwed up. I, I really messed up. <laughs> You know, anyone else know that, that feeling in a marriage where you go, I, I messed up. And Albert goes, I was really in the doghouse. He said, you know, I shouldn't have been in jail. I didn't break our vows, but I, I screwed up. 
And he said, I went to my chair where I go when I like to sulk. And, and he said, I was, you know, sitting in my chair. And, and I was thinking, man, how, how am I going to fix connection in this moment? Has anyone else ever felt like that? Like when there's a problem, you're like, okay, I know we're going to get back to connection. I know we're going to get back to that moment of intimacy, but how do we get there? Because it seems like something's in the middle. And he said he was going, going through his head wondering what he was going to do. He knew Emily was, was P.O.'d at him, you know? Where you know your wife's mad or your husband's mad. And he was like, man, this, is, this one's going to take a couple days or a week to, to fix. And he said all of a sudden the door opened and in walks Emily. And um, she had her hands full and one hand was a bucket and it was filled with water and she sat it down on his feet and she began to wash his feet. And she said, I married you, Albert Levings. I love you, Albert Levings. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter if you mess up or you say something wrong. I love you. And she began to wash his feet. How many of us honor our wives and our husbands like that? How many of us honor our bosses like that? Honor our brothers and our sisters, our parents, or even our children? There's something inside of us. There's some piece of flesh left that screams, I want to be right. I want to be right, and I'm going to prove it. But just like I said in the beginning, physical obedience will bring spiritual release. And once you make that physical obedience of going, they might not deserve the honor in this moment, but I am an honorable person. That peace that was stuck inside of you all of a sudden doesn't have room to stay. And guess what? In a minute, Albert and Emily went back to connection. They went back to intimacy just like that. There was nothing in between because they chose honor. They didn't choose being right as the most important thing. They chose choosing honor and love as the most important thing. So I'm going to leave you with this question as we go off to lunch and we go through our week. What is the most important thing to you? What's the most important thing in your relationships? What are you bringing in to your relationship? Is it the desire to be right or is it the desire to be honorable? And that's all I got. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's, that's our closing right there. Um, it was obviously an honor and a privilege having you guys. I don't really feel like we need to do another song or anything like that. I just want you guys to, to think about this. And like I said, it's not about what I have to say. Ask the Lord, what are you saying to me? What do you want me to change? What can I do differently? How can I honor someone more than I've honored them in the past? So we're having small groups at Amy's and Jessica's, all right, so come hang out. I think they're actually starting at 5.30 because they bought a water slide for the children. So if you guys have children or want to 
don't people watch children, never mind. If, if you want to go there at 5.30, um, they'll be out there doing a water slide and all that good stuff. Um, I mean this with all my heart. It means so much when you guys come. Like, we know what it's like to be going to different churches and stuff. It's an honor and a privilege to have you, and we pray for you guys. So we just want to bless you before you leave, that the Lord will speak to you and shine his face upon you, and that you will get to know him more this week than you knew him last week. All right, so hang around, talk, and other than that, we're all done.